The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. We have got to change, and change profoundly. We have to because the world is changing fast, and so are society's expectations of us. The world does have a carbon budget, it is finite, and it is running out fast, and we need a rapid transition to net zero. Society has got to deliver on the Paris goals. That was Bernard Looney, the former CEO of oil giant BP, unveiling ambitious plans back in 2020 to become a net zero company by 2050. This week, Looney was forced to resign after the board of BP said he had not been transparent enough about past relationships. The fallout from this shock resignation on the company and its strategy is the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan, coming to you from London. Looney has left BP and his resignation is raising a lot of questions about what changes a new CEO might make to the oil giant strategy. Here to talk to me about this fast moving situation is George Hay, who heads EMEA at Breaking Views, and Yao Chen, our oil and gas expert. Welcome, George, and welcome, Yawen. Hello. Thanks for having us. So we, the three of us have chatted many times about the oil market, but this is quite a twist on what we normally discuss, which is a CEO stepping down, resigning, Bernard Looney is leaving. And I wondered, Yawen, if you could talk us through what happened yesterday. So we're, we're chatting on Wednesday, and uh, there was a statement out last night. Sure. So it, it seemed like there was a... Uh, a long going um i mean investigation or like kind of uh you know review against looney which i think investors were not aware of so the company put out a statement saying um looney has resigned in with immediate effect because he had, well the company received an allegation um that he he had personal relationship with colleagues which has happened before, um, that resulted in a review in May 2022. Um, so even though Looney didn't breach any code of conduct of the company at the time, but apparently he made a promise to the board that he will keep um, all his relationship with company colleagues um, transparent to the board and inform them of his future behavior. And because of this recent allegation of a similar nature, quote by quote, um, I think the company decided that there's there's a trust issue. Um, at least that's what's stated on paper. And Looney has um, fully accepted that he should have been more transparent. So he that that's why he's stepping down. Um, everything is just kind of quite happening in quite a short fashion. Now you can see the company uh, didn't have a media succession plan. They've put the CFO as an interim CEO. Uh, for the time being, even though I think their next capital market day is just three weeks away in Denver. Um, supposedly, you you don't have a capital market day without a CEO. Um, so we'll see what will happen there. So, I mean, I think we can get to sort of BP's handling of this situation a bit later. But, but George, if I could maybe pivot to you about BP is very interesting and Looney is very interesting 
partly because he set out these very ambitious net zero targets or ambitions for the company, right? Right. So I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about that, as in how has BP fared for being trying to be greener? Right. Well, not very well, unfortunately. And that was kind of the interesting backdrop to the specific reason why he's gone, which Yarn was just talking about. Um, and the two things are different, at least appear to be different. Um, but the backdrop, the strategic backdrop, um, was that uh, Looney um, launched this big strategy over three years ago now. Um, and it's very interesting because at the time when he launched it, the oil price was, um, you know, in the real doldrums. I mean, it went negative in 2020 uh, for a little bit, um, but it was way, way lower than it currently is today. And that was a kind of quite important backdrop to him launching these really quite ambitious green targets to say, you know, BP, everyone knows BP is an oil company, but like what he kind of with some success did was to kind of reposition them and say right we're going to have 50 gigawatts of wind and solar um, capacity by 2030 and we're going to cut our oil and gas production by 40 percent by that same day um, which is a you know that's that's a you know really big deal um, and and you know in a world in which the oil price had stayed low and um, everyone was you know very highly rewarding renewables companies um, in terms of the valuation, which again was also the case in 2020. Um, the strategy probably would have worked, right? Um, but unfortunately for Looney, you know, we know we know what's happened since 2020. There's been a big war, um, Russia and Ukraine. Um, the oil price went up to 120, and the renewables um, valuations have kind of come off a bit, and you know. All, all of you know, all of which is by the by. You all, all you need to do is look at BP's share price, which, compared to all the other big oil majors, uh, especially American ones, has massively um, lagged it. And um, you know, you can just see that BP trades on less than three times uh, 2023 EBITDA. Uh, the American ones trade on well over six. Um, admittedly, the other European ones are nearer BP, but BP is the kind of laggard. And, um, you know, people, it was pretty obvious even before the events of yesterday that, um, you know, uh, Looney and BP were in a bit of a strategic impasse. And we also, the final point today was that BP had recognised that themselves because earlier this year, uh, Looney had kind of, you know, when we're talking about the 40% of oil and gas production by 2030, he kind of revised that down to uh, um, 25% from 20, 2019 levels. Um, so, you know, they had already moved back. And that was a kind of problem in itself, right? Because, you know, then investors are asking, well, what is this company? Is it like, is it an oil is it a company that's going decisively green? Or is it like uh, oil company that's going well, kind of green, but maybe a bit more oil now? There was a bit of kind of confusion. So that's, that is the kind of context into which this has suddenly happened, right? Yeah, in response, I think BP has kind of emphasised they are doing both at the same time. They they think they can just handle and juggle. Um, they're different from probably Shell and more like from the, the American oil majors. And that, that, um, that, I suppose, that impasse or that difficulty that they were having in sort of marrying the two, 
would it be an opportunity then? I mean, it would be hard for Louis to completely walk back what what he had laid out. But a new CEO might be might be in a better position to do that. Is there any sense that that that's likely to happen? Well, you know, um, everyone has, you know, some inventive ideas about what they could do um, structurally. You know, break themselves up if they if they, if, if if they really have a situation where a minority of their shareholders really like green stuff and the majority of them really like oil, then one solution would be to do what Dan Loeb, the hedge fund um, titan, suggested of um, uh, Shell a couple of years ago, which is basically, you know, have your main oil company and then hive off the green bit and see if that kind of led to an overall increase in valuation and you know maybe they'll do that but like the thing is and it's important to keep on coming back to um even though uh we we were talking about how the strategy is kind of in an impasse and it's a bit like a bit of a head scratcher um bernard looney has not gone because of the strategy that he's gone because of the conduct stuff uh, that he that made him decide to resign um so on the face of it, the default position has to be that BP and everybody else who works in BP agrees with the strategy, thinks the strategy, the board, more to the point, thinks the strategy is the right one. And like the kind of tweet strategy where they are still basically more green than everybody else, but doing a bit more oil than they originally intended to do. Um, you have to assume that that is the tweet, the, the kind of strategy that's going to stay. And all that's going to happen is that they're going to get someone whose investors are going to trust or like more to deliver it than than Looney. But it's all slightly up in the air at the moment. And, you know, I mean, just George is obviously talking about the board there and, you know, the, the different things that they could do. But how do you think the board of BP has handled this situation? Because, as you mentioned, there was already an investigation this has now come out as a bit of a surprise and it's coming ahead of this capital markets. Like the timing looks quite, quite bad. How do you think that the board have kind of, is there any scrutiny that investors would have on the board's handling of this? Yeah, I think there are definitely governance concerns about, um, you know, why did they didn't do anything in May 2022? And um, if, if Looney didn't, have, didn't breach any kind of code of con- conduct. Why this time is different, and also on top of that, I think um, you know if you read the statement after what happened last night, they didn't really lay out what is the succession plan in terms of timeline. Um, what are the candidates are they looking at internal or external choices? So it, it just kind of leave everything on <laughs> on the air right now. To be honest, um, yeah, I mean it's important. It's important to kind of. Sometimes you kind of feel a bit too sorry for boards in these situations. You kind of think, oh, God, how could they have known this was kind of possibly happening? But like the two things which rub against that. One, they did know because they knew, um, you know, a year ago, more than a year ago, a year and a half ago, almost, um, that because all this stuff came out in May 2022. Um, I think the technical reasons why he, um, why nothing happen in terms of him leaving at that point was because I mean uh, I think I think the understanding is that he didn't technically breach the code because he uh, Looney the relationships he he had had with various people were 
not in his they were people at BP but they were not in his direct management line and at the time when that happened that didn't breach the code at the time blah 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 and, that's um, before but, he he and it was also exactly exactly yeah exactly right they, he it was before he became CEO so like that's the grounds from which why he didn't break the code at the time but like you know I think people take a different view of those things now anyway um and in any case like they definitely knew I think that the, the specific issue is they definitely knew there was a potential issue because they already knew about the issue and having already known about the issue one thing that you probably really need to do is make sure you know what the succession plan is if something comes to light as it did so that's the kind of you know I, I, sometimes some some things happen to companies where it's just like how could they possibly have seen that was coming and we're having a go at the chairman and as if it's like his or her fault and that's a bit unfair i think here there's legitimate questions like they probably could have got out in front of this a bit better than they seem to have done and i mean there there's is obviously a different situation, but also a question about a board was was NatWest in the UK, which was that the the CEO, um, you know, was involved became embroiled in the situation with um, Nigel Farage, who's a, um, a kind of outspoken Brexiteer. And again, the board seemed to not act fast enough. You know, there were lots of, yeah. kind of miscommunications or communications that were then changed. And is it that boards are 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 too soft on these CEOs sometimes. Well, I think I think I mean you know obviously it's important to say completely different situation. Um, Alison Rose was a kind of as you say the her interactions with Nigel Farage over the Coots bank account. Um, this is <laughs> something completely different. Um, but I suppose it, it, there is possibly an issue when if you think about. What a good working relationship is between a chair and a CEO, or the board of the CEO. Um, you know, it's it, it, it. There has to be some kind of people rubbing along with each other and kind of having you know having a good working relationship. Um, and it probably is quite different. And it's quite difficult when something comes to light. You know, you're you're probably quite motivated to not just see the back of this person especially if you think they're doing a good job um and there was a bit of an issue with with Nat West even though uh, Alison Rose had kind of got into the situation where uh she'd you know basically admitted having this conversation with a BBC journalist about another about a client's um situation um you know in a way that was a kind of uh, firing offence but like when that immediately comes out and you're presented with that as a chairman you might be like well you know other extenuating circumstances and then there always are right so um it's just there's a problem probably with chairmen who you know are minded to keep people they like and that's just a kind of natural thing you would <laughs> you would um but it the trouble is if you're a chair of a massive company and somebody does something that is not in line with your values or your code or whatever um you know if you don't act quite robustly then it reflects badly on you and that's the problem that's why we're having this conversation so it's just it's it, it's a bit of a tough 
tough world. You can always go, well, they're extenuating circumstances, but um, you can see why these things kind of end up happening, like where boards get into a situation where they're like, oh, you know, well, maybe it isn't too bad or and they can kind of explain to themselves why that's the case. But, you know, there are questions to answer. Mm. That's why we're, mm. we're posting them, right? So. And, and I suppose if there is this capital markets day um, in a few weeks time and they do bring the, the CFO, who's now the interim CEO, I would imagine these are questions that investors will certainly want answers to. Yeah, provided that we don't hear more details in the following days about what exactly happened, right? Like if there there is more evidence suggesting that the board has, um, you know, mishandled the situation, there could be even more heat on the current chair, who I think some people believe could become, you know, one of the CEO candidates as well. Um, to be fair, there, there is a really? pipeline of executives yeah. at BP, yeah. and it probably, yeah. I mean, it could be they might in the next few days or before the CMD, you know, unveil someone who people think is credible and, you know, on they go. But still, I don't know. Um, I think there's a there's an issue on succession. Part of your job, probably your key job as a board is to identify people who you can, you know, and the, the, re the really kind of slick companies just go, you know, this person's out, this person's in, and and people go, okay, nice. But like, it's it doesn't always happen like that, and it doesn't seem to be happening in this situation. Well, George, Yawan, thank you so much, and we will follow on more of your coverage. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashlich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Catch up with our latest views and much more on breakingviews.com and on X, where our handle is at breakingviews. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.